Um, it's been a while since we have spoken about some of the things. Uh, we're going to speak a little bit again, recap on uh, when to prophesy, how to prophesy, how it works. Last time we did that, um, I nearly got attacked. Well, Remember last, that last, one? Last time. The last, last, last time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but we lost some people with that one, which was still very sad. Um, I think everybody lost out because of that. They did, we did. It was just that I still think that the people that left that day um, would have done very well with us and we would have benefited from the fellowship. So it's still a sad memory. But the fact is we need to um, have agreement in place. We endeavor to have agreement in place for everything that we can identify. Because it's in the areas of non-agreement or where agreement has not been established. In those areas where our vulnerabilities will lie. And it's in those areas that the, the enemy will seek to capitalize on um, us not paying attention. So, just a quick thing on how do we deal with any form of prophecy. We're going to talk about what it is and what qualifies as prophecy quickly. And firstly, we want to reiterate and remind everybody that uh, one of our goals with fellowship is to become a prophetic people. With other words, to become a group of people that functions in a prophetic way. So we're going to recap on some things that has been taught on and said in the past. Firstly, we want to live prophetically before we speak prophetically. Seasonally, it's a good time for us to talk about why we have certain agreements in place. Why? Certain protocols. Certain protocols. Um, why do we do certain things in a certain way? Um, we've gotten used to doing things in a certain way, but sometimes we have to remind ourselves why we started doing it this way in the first place. Um, and so we're going to start off by how do we deal with prophecy, what is prophecy, when do we prophesy, and so forth, just protocols. Um, and this is specifically because when we're not here and the Lord wants to speak through someone, it doesn't mean now you've got to wait until we return. Okay. And it's actually a wonderful opportunity for every single person to take responsibility for the whole um, fellowship. For the work the Lord has done, so we see, uh, we have we have been talking about this, and we see this as there's a local fellowship, and anybody that's in the fellowship is part of that fellowship at that time. But then we are also a movement, and only those that are buying in to that revival movement, in other words, moving out of Babylon into God's promises coming into God's promise, so that movement of the body. So those, those people know who they are. We don't identify them, but there's a movement. You'll know you're part of the movement because you've been moving away from something and you are busy arriving at certain places. Does that make sense? That's when you know you're part of the movement. Uh, the changes that you never thought could take place has taken place. And you can see it, you can measure it. Okay. Now we know that the Holy Spirit wants to move upon the earth. He wants to restore certain things. And so that's the movement that we are also just a part of. 
Okay. Um, we want to make it very clear that when we're not here, and the Lord wants to speak through somebody, that He would be able to do so. That none of you would resist Him, or quench Him, or disobey Him. And this comes with risk. But we're willing to take the risk. Is that okay? Okay. So we're going to talk about what that would look like when we're not here. Okay. So firstly, just recap for us what the Bible says about prophecy. Okay. So, um, first scripture, which is the best place to start, is in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. Just the last sentence says, For the testimony of Yahushua is the spirit of prophecy. That's Revelation 19 verse 10. It says, for, this, for the testimony of Yahushua is the spirit of prophecy. Mm. Okay, now obviously that's quite deep and we could spend an entire evening probably just talking about that one sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately we don't have the time to do all of that. Um, How will we become a prophetic people where everybody prophesies? Every time you proclaim the name Yahushua, you are prophesying. Yeah, and if we, I do think it's important to make a note here that he doesn't, remember this is the angel or the man that's talking to John, and he doesn't say uh, the testimony of Yahushua HaMashiach, which in the bigger scheme of things doesn't make that big of a difference, um, but he does specifically refer to the testimony of Yahushua. Which means if we look at Yahushua the man while he was on earth, uh, reading through the Gospels and reading his testimony, so everything he did, the way he did it, the way he lived, uh, gives us insight into what prophecy actually looks like. Because everything he did was to reveal the Father, to reveal the will of the Father, the plan of the Father, the Father's heart, all of that. And so um, that really, I think, gives us the first and deepest insight, primary insight into what prophecy is and what form it should take primarily. Okay, so um, you can go meditate on that, just that one concept. Probably for days, if you wanted to, for months. Um, it is quite beautiful, and I think the more we meditate upon it, the more it will open up to each of us in understanding and revelation. Okay, so the more practical part, I don't intend to sound rushed. We just have quite a bit that we want to get through. So, And obviously, when, when, when we get to prophecy, it feels like, oh, okay, finally, we can talk about this for hours and hours. Um, but the fact of the matter is that we have taught on this. A number of times and so this is more of a recap but also to be sure that we are all in agreement still in agreement and all of that okay of course before we start with that anybody that has been in the church world and has been involved with any training prophetic training courses on prophecy scrap all of that from your memory um, <laughs> I've been to several 
<laughs> format. Most of it was non-biblical creations of man and uh, just the opposite of what should actually be in place. So if it's happened to you, forget about it. Okay. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is the most practical and extensive chapter that we have in the Bible about prophecy and the workings of prophecy. So we won't look at that. So while you page, I'll remind us of context. <coughs> so remember the 1 Corinthians letter, uh, Paul is writing a lot of practical, writing to them about a lot of practical ways of doing church, what certain things are for, the ways certain things should be done. And so we're coming from chapter 12 where he um, talks to them about the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the spirit, um, the fact that it's all one spirit. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we all know really well about love. And then he goes into this chapter that's mainly about prophecy and tongues. Um, now we're going to focus on the prophecy aspect of it. But uh, when you go read the entire context at home and you read about tongues, you'll see that tongues in itself also is a form of prophecy, uh, although it's not always interpreted. So he talks about in the spirit we speak mysteries if we speak in a tongue where prophecy is the interpretation. Okay, so the two do go hand in hand very nicely, which is why obviously he handles them both in one go. Okay, now we are going to read through parts of this together. But before we do, I want to point out that when we read, look out for the fact, look out for how much... Um, emphasis Paul puts on the fact that prophecy is there to edify the body that's the purpose there's no other purpose so we're going to see that but see how he says it directly and even sometimes implies it indirectly and then secondly um, through this there's also a lot of emphasis placed on order and structure and these two also go hand in hand because we'll see that um, the message we kind of get is that edification can't happen properly if order isn't in place okay so um, let's start from this one and we'll read yeah we'll skip here and there okay pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And we could replace that word church with body. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So see again the emphasis there on the, the edification of the body. Okay, 
Now we're going to skip over this part that mainly deals with tongues, although if you do go read it, you'll see it basically comes down to the same thing. And we're going to skip all the way ahead to verse 26. <clears throat> How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Then we go to the last two verses, verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. You can pick it up right there just now. Um, this is a good opportunity to just look at this. There's been two main streams of thought where um, they formulated what was said here into some doctrinal ideas. On the one hand, they, uh, one group has assumed here that, and from uh, the gifts given by the Spirit, they've assumed that now uh, in, the, in the New Testament uh, age of grace con uh, context, that everybody prophesies. So there's no more prophets, everybody in the church can prophesy. They've come to that conclusion. And then there's the other main idea in the world where they said, well, where they say, well, prophets were only in the Old Testament, there's now no more prophets. Well, I think this piece of scripture where Paul writes to them proves that there's still prophets. Because he says, there's prophets. Okay. Seventh-day Adventists and some of the Baptist streams, they say there's no more prophets. Okay. Well, then you won't have any prophets. You're right. But for those of us that see that he says there is prophets and that we should desire to prophesy, we'll have prophets. Good news. Okay. So, if people say there's no more healings in our day, then they won't have healings. We believe there's healing, so we'll see healing. Okay. People say that... Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak through people or do any miracles, then they won't have it. So we get it. Okay, this scripture very clearly says there's prophets. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody, every spiritual saint, is now on an equal level when it comes to prophecy. We're going to quickly look at that. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. You can continue. Okay. Um, so just the back to kind of the more practical things. Um, 
Okay, so obviously the emphasis of edification and order is clear as day. Okay. Um, so practically, and I'm not going to read everything again and again, but we see that, and this is where it ties to what you just said, um, and this is quite important, where it says that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Right? So it's... Okay, I'll have to read it. It says, For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Okay, so practically how this would work is what this implies is that ideally if prophecy is given or spoken, it should be spoken if possible in the hearing of all so that all may be encouraged and all may be edified and so that everyone can weigh what is being said or uttered or prophesied. Okay. Within this, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So uh, I'm going to explain that quickly. <laughs> now, what we have decided and agreed before, we want to reestablish if we can all come to the same agreements with some people that wasn't there for the agreements before. So the previous time we did this teaching, there was other people part of this group, and the guy misunderstood me. He thought that I said he's not allowed to prophesy when he's out there. And he said he prophesies all the time, and I'm telling him he's not allowed to prophesy. And he jumped up and walked out, and it wasn't actually what I meant at all. Okay, so I'm going to say it clearly, this time. If it's unclear, please ask questions. In the context of the fellowship, right, with other words, whenever one, more than one person that belongs to this fellowship are in a room or in any situation together, whether that's when two people talk to each other, whenever the one utters any form, and we're going to discuss the forms of prophecy, to another person. Okay, that's where these protocols pertain to. So if you're walking in the mall and you see someone that has nothing to do with this fellowship, and you decide to give them a prophetic word, that's on you, between you and God. Okay, if you gave irresponsible words to people and it reflects badly on the fellowship, then if it does come back to us, you will be accountable. But we can't tell you not to speak to people out there um, because God might use you in that way and that's up to God. We're always available. Okay. Now, what happens often in churches is that pe people are not acknowledged within their fellowship as prophetic or, pro or released in that, but then they go and prophesy in the malls to people. That's avoiding accountability. Okay. That's going to somewhere, somehow hinder the person. Okay. So we're not saying you're not allowed to. We're saying... Build up to it, equip up to it, work together with the rest of the fellowship as a team, um, develop in true authority and you will benefit from it long term. Nobody can tell you not to do things. 
but we can say that the agreement within the group is not to do certain things within the group. That we can say, because we keep each other safe. Okay, now, prophecy primarily is declaring who God is. Who God is. Okay, that's prophecy. So, Yahushua primarily came, his ministry was about revealing who the Father is. Secondly, his ministry was revealing the will of the Father. And here we see the prophets in the Old Testament either living it out or speaking it out, revealing who God is or the will of the Father. What is God doing? What is His intention? And then thirdly, a direct specific word given to someone for someone else. It could be the king, it could be uh, the government, it could be a person or it could be the church. It could be the enemies of the church. Okay. So these are the areas where we consider it to be prophecy. We're now not talking about words of knowledge and words of wisdom, we're just talking about prophecy. But primarily prophecy would have to do with declaring who God is and what God's will is. Now this always has to line up with Scripture. If we hear that the Holy Spirit goes, has been speaking to someone and it doesn't line up to Scripture, then, sorry, you can believe it yourself and keep it to yourself if you want to. Just don't share it with anybody within the fellowship. Fair enough. But if it lines up with Scripture, then the procedure would be this. If we feel we have a contribution to make, something that God has laid on our heart, revealed to us, something that we feel the Holy Spirit is unctioning us to say or declare, then we have decided as a fellowship, and we want to decide that again this evening, because we have not got two or three prophets, we have decided being a prophetic people and the body of Messiah with one spirit, that you bring that word and you release it in the hearing of everyone, either to the church, if it's a prophecy to the government, prophecy about the things that's going to happen in the world or the country, anything like that, you release it in the hearing and to the whole assembly. You don't... Please listen. This is very important to understand. Please do not send it to me first and then ask me to weigh it. Okay. I don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Everybody will hear the word and then we will see what is the context to the scriptures. Is it in line with other words from the past and the understanding that we have had in the past? Is it contrary to anything that we're teaching or believe? Because then we have to go back to the scriptures and see, is this a correction or is the person in error? Okay. So we understand what's done. Don't come and whisper it in my ear. I don't want to know. You go, you say, I've got a word from the Lord. I says, or oh, I feel it might be a word from the Lord. I want to release it. Then you release it in the hearing of everyone. The next thing is now... You are putting yourself in a position where your word is going to be weighed 
and the sin by everybody else. Okay. If the group says there's signs of error or misunderstanding, then it could be that the person was just not completely mature in their understanding and we can bring slide, we can tweak it according to the word. We can say, your wording was maybe just not perfect, but we understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We're going to chronicle it in a specific way. If a word is accepted, then we have a responsibility to respond to it as a fellowship. Okay. But everybody's going to accept it. We'll take the time, weigh it together. Um, the Holy Spirit can move anybody to confirm or disagree and we'll come to a conclusion. With other words, we're not going to decide. Does it make sense? Now, why are we doing it like this? Because if somebody had a word and or a dream, or a vision, or whatever it might be, and they don't feel confident enough that it was God to, to speak it in the hearing of everybody, then their doubt is a sure sign that they shouldn't be saying it. Okay. That's why we make sure, and if we are convicted and convinced by the Holy Spirit that it's something that He wants us to do or say, then you're going to say it to everybody. And that means that we are putting ourselves in a very vulnerable position. But we trust each other. And remember, we have a, an attitude where it's better to try than not to try. If we make mistakes, we'll learn from them. But somebody that comes in and insists that his word is from God and everybody else says, but it's not scriptural, that's going to be a sign of rebellion deception, all those things. So we make ourselves vulnerable when we prophesy. It's the way it is. Okay. The problem with the way it's done in the church where word is brought to leadership is then the leadership says, okay, but just rather say it like this or rather leave that part out. Or, so they influence the word. Now don't consider that to be healthy. Okay. And um, we don't want to be made vulnerable in that way. Okay, so everything's in the open and so on. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, if that is the way that it's supposed to be done, then there's obviously a way that it's not supposed to be done. Under no circumstances ever, for no reason. Never. Never ever. Send a word to another person in the fellowship in private. Right, that will amount to a public stoning. No, I'm joking. Okay, it's it's a, that's that's one of the most serious transgressions against the body, as far as we are concerned. Something not to be done. Why? Because everybody is not trustworthy to say it as plain as I can say it. People are sometimes uh, triggered in the flesh. People sometimes perceive things by what they see or they think is going on. And then with maybe good intentions, they can say, I've got a word for you. Because that's the way it was done in the church, especially in the charismatic circles. And so everybody's sending words up and down and, and there's no weighing it. And the other why is because Paul says here that the spirit of the 
prophets are subject to the prophets. So the words of the prophets must be weighed by the prophets. And in this case, we are a prophetic people. Does it make any sense? If it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you, you're going to weigh it up yourself. If I'm willing to say it in front of everybody, then I'm sure. If I want to slide something in, and we're going to talk about possible motivations behind things just now. If I'm willing to slide something in, but I'm not willing to be accountable for it, then there's something wrong with it. Yes? Um, I'm just thinking, if, if it were of a, some sort of sensitive nature, in terms of a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, um, and this is more of a question, surely would there be certain procedure for that, or would it still have to happen out in the open? We're going to talk about word of knowledge and word of wisdom just now. So we're still on the... God is giving instruction, edification, directional stuff, that kind of thing. Or I feel the scripture, God brought the scripture out, and the scripture is applicable in this time to be responded to in some way. That kind of thing. Okay. Not yet word of knowledge and word of wisdom. We're going to explain the difference just now. Okay. Now... We can often be vulnerable to motivations that can rise up in the heart where we, we want to add something personally to a situation. It could happen. Okay, so we're preaching on something and Sulani burst out in tears, crying, and actually the Lord just touched her and is doing something beautiful, but from the outside, it looks like she's distraught. And so Johannes decides, I'm going to do something to make her feel better. And he goes over and he says, the Lord showed me a little flower with a dew drop and the sun is shining over you. Okay, see, this, this happens. And other churches, believe me, if you haven't been in those churches, I've been there. Okay? If someone came near me with a flower prophecy, I wanted to headbutt them. Okay? Because the Lord knows my heart. The Lord would never speak to me in a flower picture. But anyway, so... Right? Someone came and spoke to me about a fish. I'm going, thank you, Lord. Okay, so... Now... <laughs> okay, but, but we, we, we know what that was about. Okay, now, then directional prophecies. This is actually where it really gets, really gets dangerous. You, we have seen how people will go, will go give other people things. Okay, now, a person walks into the fellowship they're visiting for the first time, you go over and say, yeah, the Lord has shown me you've, you were meant to be here and you've, you know, you're going to fit in just perfectly. That's wrong. You're thinking you're encouraging the person. You're thinking you're making them comfortable. It's a prophetic word. You're telling the person that it's God's will that they stay. I'm sitting from here looking at the person going, this person came once to hear something and I thank you, Lord, that we could serve him, but I know he's not going to stay. I normally know who's going to stay and who's not going to stay. So, 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 do we see that that kind of 
I'm gonna do something good motivation thing because the thought came up in your head doesn't mean that it's God that's why it would be much better to get up and say I feel I've got a word for this person and the moment that you have to do that you're gonna go like Lord I'm not sure if this was really you so I'm just gonna keep quiet if you want to keep him here keep him here that's it you see why why that's very important because it can easily happen and it happens behind the scenes now this is not to keep any take anything away from anybody okay if it's really from the Lord we will just and everybody will weigh it yeah let's talk about what is edification edification is obviously building up everybody knows that building up but what is building up it's not feeling better it's for the building up of the body. Okay, we're not going to do those. There's times where we might be moved by the Spirit to encourage someone. And you've seen me do it openly in the fellowship. Okay. Now, that's also better to be done in the open. But edification mostly is for the body. Um, and so if the Lord moves, it's more normally... He would encourage a person as part of building up the body. Does that make sense? Um, but when it's individual for that person, about that person, it could just be the enemy trying to feed that person's flesh. And so that's why we have these things. There's just no... We discern it by the Spirit and against the Word, and that's the only way we're going to know if it's true or it's not. And sometimes we're just not going to know we're going to have to accept the word and see it play out. Does it make sense? I've seen in the past where people go, and you know what the favorite prophecy was in the church world? They would call a couple up and say, the Lord is releasing you into business and you're going to have so much influence and He's going to make you rich. And I know some of those people, they're still poor. As a matter of fact, they're more poor than they were there. Where when the words was given in front of a whole church, acknowledged prophets 15 years ago 10 years ago now that prophet is nowhere to be seen and not accountable for what they did but were the people edified on that evening man were they excited they were very edified and today very disappointed and that's why we are very careful for those kind of things um, okay, let's talk about when receiving any kind of word from the Lord regarding your personal destiny or your personal life. We have touched on this. We want to make sure. If the Lord speaks to you about something, you're going to have to fulfill it and walk into it. You do this by living faithfully, equipping, fulfilling, the, or passing the test that He will put on your road on a daily basis fulfilling his instructions one by one. He's not going to one day go like, here's the whole prophecy in one go. doesn't work that way. Okay? Unless you are... Unless you are an exceptional case. It could happen. Okay. There's many people, even in this fellowship, that has received prophetic words in other churches in the past that has caused a lot of confusion, it's caused slavery, it's caused toiling, it's caused them pursuing things for years that wasn't supposed to be pursued. 
it is something that does a lot of damage and a lot of harm and it can really hurt and it can steal a lot of time. So we are very careful when it comes to those things. Okay, so I think that's, that's the rule. Words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Okay, words of knowledge is when the Lord reveals something about someone and the Lord never gossips. So it has to be an extreme case for the Lord to reveal something that would embarrass someone or would hurt someone. It would have to be extreme. Okay? But it can happen. Can happen. No, yes. Sorry, I just want to ask a question. Um, why would somebody be given a word and it not be confirmed with that person to which it's been given? Why is that always the situation? Because I would think that if you if you are, then surely that would speak true to your heart straight away. Why does it still remain to that person a mystery? Uh, now, thank you for bringing that up. I should have remembered to cover that area. I for, I didn't. I missed it. That's a very important thing. Usually, when the Lord is going to speak to somebody about something through someone, He would have first spoken to them. Usually, uh, something that the Lord is going to do prophetically has already been placed in the person's heart. Okay. So, if you've been studying architecture and someone comes and says you're supposed to be a doctor and you never thought of it, never happened in your heart, ignore it. Just reject it straight out. That's one of the ways, that's one of the ways that we know it's from the Lord. Uh, usually the word that comes would be a confirming word. The Lord will always first speak to you. If it's a word of repentance, the Lord is going to first speak to you. And if you don't listen, confirm it with someone else or from someone else. You guys know this from experience. Usually when you hear something from me, it's very seldom that it's something new. We usually just confirm what the Lord has already kind of showed you, you might not have been able to see it. Does that answer the question? Now, if people receive words that doesn't resonate in their heart and stuff, just write it off straight away. Okay, it's happened to me before where the Lord would give me clear words for people. I would go and deliver the word to them and they would go, I can't accept this, I reject it, it doesn't resonate with me. And they come back four months later, a year later, and go, actually, I just didn't want to hear what you were saying because I was prideful and, uh, and I didn't want it to be true. But when I got home in my bed, I realized that this wants to resonate with me, but I'm going to resist it. And then a person comes back a few months later in tears and go, like, I can't resist it anymore. It's bugging me. Since you said it, it's true. It happened with a person that was um, uh, in children's church, in leadership, in a church, and I went over to him and prophesied to him about his gay desires. Nobody in church um, even suspected anything. He was shocked, offended, angry at me, walked away, said, I reject this. It can't be the Lord, it's not from the Lord. Came back a few months later, I think, four, six months later. 
And Tia said, look, I couldn't get past it. The fact is, it's right, it's true. I just didn't want to know that the Lord is talking to me about it. And I didn't want you to know it was embarrassing. I said, let's deliver you. We went through a process, delivered him, and he's got a girlfriend now. So, mm-hmm. very good news. So, um, so see, sometimes that can happen. But if a person says to you, I reject your word, then you go, I'm sorry. I could have been wrong. And leave it with them. Okay. But also, that's why it's safer to do stuff. But now, when it comes to words of knowledge like that, that would be ideally better to bring a word of knowledge to the group. If, it's, if you think it's so sensitive that it could hurt the person, that's when you come to me and you bounce it off me. But you really have to try and avoid doing that. It's only when you discern that it is, it could be harmful, it could be hurtful, and you'd rather rather not do it openly. Okay, but for the only reason that it could hurt someone. Otherwise, just do it openly. Okay. Words of wisdom is when we give guidance. Mona, just another question. That's obviously in context with us as a fellowship. What if someone else from outside comes and does it? We, we don't know that person or... Okay, it's a good question. Because it might happen that the Lord sends a prophet to us. We are never going to say no. Like if Rick Joyner shows up. Remember say, please Rick, we don't know you. It is kind of... <laughs> so any person from anywhere can walk in with a clear word, but the rules remain the same. Give it to the, deliver it to the entire fellowship, and the fellowship will weigh it. We'll weigh it against scripture, and if we have any reason to believe that the Lord is speaking to us, then we will give it due consideration, and we'll deal with it like that. So, even if... Uh, bum walks in and he says the Lord sent me to give a word we will listen to him we'll hear what he has to say okay is that agreed can we agree on that so let's pause there as far as what has been said so far anybody that doesn't feel comfortable with it any questions I have a question with speaking something you receive or praying about it like how do you that because sometimes the spirit may not give you something to say but maybe it's just something that is a blind spot for someone you can pray for them or not it's going to have to be your discernment again um, if you're sure enough that it needs to be said to declare then you'll do, do it and that's why we do it like this, so people don't bring little things all the time. Mm. Okay. Um, I might as well say, Zabia had two significant dreams that she shared with me. Now, in this case, it was better that she shared it with, with me. Um, and so when it comes to dreams, let's talk about that quickly. When it comes to dreams, if we had to have every person that thought they had an important dream, declare it to the whole group, it would get real funny real quick.
quickly, okay? <laughs> so, so, when it comes to dreams, if you really feel it's important, um, write it down, make sure you have the detail, preferably send it through to me, uh, give it to me in writing and speak it to me. Sometimes there's detail that I want to consider. Um, four out of five dreams that people share with me uh, means nothing, but we'd rather hear the important, important ones because the two that Xavier had, had was definitely significant and important. Anna had two or three dreams this over the last year that was important to hear. So it's very difficult to weigh those things. If you suspect it might be, if the Holy Spirit reminds you of it, if it was clear, it was significant and not like your other dreams, um, so you're not playing with a dog under a tree this time. So then you bring it and you just share it with us and we'll go, okay, this is for the group or it is something that we her dream, for instance, clearly warned us about something that had happened and it actually led to this process that we're busy with here. So thank you for that. Okay. Um, Sulani had some dreams this year that was confirmed and fulfilled that she shared with us. But it wouldn't have benefited the group at all. So when it comes to dreams, it's a little different. Okay. So we try and formulate things as clearly as possible. Okay. Um, questions. What are we missing? What are we? Your words of wisdom. Okay. Words of wisdom is instructional, directional. It's when somebody gives somebody the wisdom and the foresight to look ahead and advise somebody regarding the will of God, some things that might happen, um, and so forth. The words of wisdom simply means you foresaw something. That's the seer gift, usually. Okay. Usually with that kind of gift, it's not sporadic. It's very seldomly sporadic. Usually people have that gift. It's not biblical in the strictest sense to say it's the seer gift, but we know there is such a thing. Some people see um, and we know that we can, we can identify it in the Bible, so we just call it the seer gift. Um, personally, that's one of my strongest gifts. If Often I have guided many of you according to that gift. Okay, I don't come and say, I've got a prophetic word for you. <laughs> I just say, look, this is what I see. You can navigate accordingly, and it's not a big deal. Okay? If one of you feel that you've had a strong unction, something exceptional happen, where you discern something about the future, then let me know. But um, again, when it's about someone individually, when it is directional and instructional, that's the one time I'd rather have you come to us and talk to us or call the person and then together with us and if it needs to be released to the group it's only after we said I think it's something that we can present to the group for weight but the group is still going to weigh it most of the times okay 
the reason for this is because it can have significant uh, consequences and it could impact people's decision-making in life, okay? Um, could have helped people a lot if they listened to me sometimes in the past. There was this one oldish, older couple that I said, I see you going overseas and resigning as elders. And they said, no, we've got no plans to resign. A few months later, they got some jobs overseas, packed up their house, left out. I said to them, and I see you coming back after two years. And they go, no, no, we're planning to stay. They came back. <laughs> so um, what they were supposed to do with it, I don't know. Were they supposed to go? That wasn't my job. I just said, I see them going. I see them coming back. So, and it happened. Don't make sense. So that's how the gift works. Sometimes we don't know why we saw this. It's just to help the person. So for them it was confirming. They're praying about going. I saw them going. They go, okay, thank you, Lord. Okay. So I've told many times, I've told women they're pregnant before they knew. That happens. So the gift can have many manifestations. Don't walk up to somebody in the fellowship and go like, the Lord shows me you're pregnant, or you're supposed to get pregnant. Don't <laughs> do Make sense, Josh. Don't do it. Okay. Now the big one. Now this is the big one. When churches, they love going up to single people. Oh boy. <laughs> Someone does that to me, right. except for you all. A lady was once prophesying over me, saying there was another young girl in church. See, you guys are going to get married. I opened my eyes and said, No, the Lord won't give me someone I don't want. So, <laughs> that was the end of her prophecy. <laughs> so, okay, so that, that's the reason why we're very careful with those things, okay? I've had to deal with this in the past where someone decided to tell someone they're supposed to marry someone and then they go like okay now i must marry the lord has said i must marry this person i don't even like him but i'm gonna do it okay so please this is dangerous okay now instructional stuff best received from acknowledged people there's prophetic people that we will be acknowledged now for instance we know the gift in Sulani. We also know that it's a developing gift, but the gift is still there. So anything that she brings, we're going to pay special attention to. Okay, does that make sense? I think we can move on from there, if we can agree on what we've spoken about. Now let's see, anybody disagree? Now, in this group, if a word came, it would be so exceptional that a person would pay attention to it. Because mm -hmm. we're not running around doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet, <coughs> we have been in, walking out a prophetic road very profoundly. Mm -hmm. Most of you have been prophetically guided in many ways. So, we can live prophetically without overdoing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Can we agree on it? Yeah. Okay. Let's recap. Under no circumstances. Do you quickly give a little encouraging thingy to somebody after the service in the corner 
downstairs behind the wine shelf. You don't do that. Okay? <laughs> 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 uh, right? Okay. We had to do it openly. Take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we don't do it by the by our phone. How do we deal with the Lord gave me the scripture for you? How do we deal with that? The scripture is written in the Bible forever. Mm. He's given it to his body. This is a, this is an unpopular yeah. one. Unpopular. Okay, now it could be so that Okay, so we, we want to we want to avoid that, okay? So we want to avoid it. It's very seldomly that a piece of scripture is supposed to be just be sent as this is your scripture. Okay, it was written in there thousands of years ago, it's still in there, it's always been there. You could possibly open up on that page by accident today. But what about if it's as an encouragement in line mm. with a thought. Good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. To encourage mm. someone with the thought that there's a finished work and it will yeah. turn out okay. Mm. Then there are yeah. scriptures that we just have It would be not a rule because we can only ask each other to step into agreement for safety's sake. It would be better to deliver that first, first Thursday, first Sunday that we have the opportunity. Go like, can I encourage someone with a scripture? This week when I was reading the scripture, this person came into my heart. It came together with this thought and I would like to deliver it as an encouragement. And then everybody can have part and witness in it. If you feel that it has to be sent straight away, then I'm not going to say don't do it, but we don't want to encourage a culture of that. Because we know out there it's kind of, it's just gotten out of hand. And so it's become more dangerous than helpful. But I'm not saying you're not allowed to. You're hearing me. Okay. So, but we strongly advise that make sure if it, it's exceptional and it was God and it's for the moment. Then it's very special to receive it as well. Okay. But if we receive one as part of a chain letter every day, then it's no longer special. Okay. Just so maybe I have a question. I just wanted to ask if someone, for instance, gave you a word and pulled you aside and did that. Very good. How do you respond in a way that's not offensive? Thank you. That was actually on our list. But as you can see, I'm not looking at the list. So, <laughs> this is with, with several of the things that we're going to discuss. This is the way it works before everything, okay? There's accountability on both sides. So, should somebody transgress towards you, okay, don't just leave it and be nice. Say, so, look, you know you're not doing the right thing right now. Okay, now that's a prophetic word, if you ask me. Okay, so. <laughs> A word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go like, what you're doing isn't right. I, I'm, not, I'm not keen on you doing this. <laughs> and then you go, and we together, we're going to inform the, the leadership that this just transpired, but we're going to do it now together. Mm -hmm. And so, 
So there's a responsibility from each one not to do it, and there's a responsibility from each of you not to receive it. So we want to be aware on both sides. Don't get involved. Don't make agreements that shouldn't be made. Okay, right. Um, why do we want to help each other in that? Because somebody makes a little mistake once, and it's received and it's okay. Then they're going to do it again. And then, before we know it, someone has just gone and backslid completely. And that's not necessary, because none of us want to make mistakes. Okay? And we do trust each other, actually. We trust each other a lot. And it's that trust that makes us vulnerable. Okay.